This is Tether Talk, a podcast for women where we talk about the truths that influence our identities, guide our choices, form our future, and lead us to the hope that steadies our hearts. Let's pull back the layers, uncover the lies, and hold on to the only truth that satisfies. What's good, sisters? I'm so glad to have you back here on Tether Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Yeah, I feel like I'm waking up again because a few minutes ago I was exhausted. I kind of am still exhausted right now, but I I, I don't know. I got a second wind or something of that nature. Um, My daughter was waking up after going to bed. Our bedtime is 7.30 and she didn't go to bed to 8.30, so it kind of pushed back my recording time. So I apologize if this is coming up a little bit late today. Um, just give me grace for that. Uh, there's a lot going on, y'all. And you know that. Our world is on high alert. Um, some parts of the world are tripping. Other parts of the world are silent. Other parts of the world are pretending. Um, and when I say the world, I mean, I guess that in some ways, I don't know. I feel like there's there are some united messages throughout all of humanity right now and then and yet we are still you know unique to our own countries and boundaries and whatnot but you know I'm not going to spend too much time talking about current events because I'm sure you all have either heard in the news and or are checking stuff on social media or having conversations it's all real there's no escaping it you know what i'm saying like just going to bed waking up in the morning and just realizing like oh no this is not a dream like we <laughs> endured a i think what 40 day quarantine 40 day plus quarantine you know um what, what actually it's probably more like nine weeks <laughs> nine weeks long um and then now we're in a very a uh, a more more potent um intense racial climate Um, i'm not even going to pretend like this is some new thing this is a cycle and it's a cycle because the root of it is sin and it's not been repented of and so we're going to keep conceding continue seeing the fruit of sin that's that's what's happening right now so I, i mean i firmly believe that what is what is to happen in this generation must be different from previous generations and not necessarily saying from the side of those who are protesting the injustices of our world and in our nation in particular against historically oppressed people groups. But I do believe that um, the, the what needs to change this time is the response. It's the response. And I feel like we've been seeing a lot of reactions, but not a lot of repentance. And um, that's going to be necessary in order in order for us to move forward into reconciliation, reparations, restoration, recovery for many of us. Um, and true healing. And I, I, fully, I fully believe it begins with the church. I believe we need to pray and we need to do. I believe in praying and protesting. I believe that God calls us to seek justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with the Lord. I believe this is a gospel issue. Um, 
this is a this is a love issue this is a reconciliation sh reconciliation issue being reconciled to god but like hating your brother you know what i'm saying or disregarding your brother or casting them off or minimizing your brother or your sister like that's that's not the heart of god so at the at the essence of this yes while we're seeing the manifestations of what is going on in our world i really believe the root of it is is men's hearts and um men's hearts that have become hardened um by perspective hardened by nurture hardened by um by 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 deep deeply rooted systems that have been perpetuated from generation to generation only christ can do that healing work but i believe that part of that the gospel says that he's um you know faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of god so i but while i believe that god is the only one who can change a man or a woman's heart it begins with hearing the truth you know what i'm saying he gives us an opportunity to partner with him in that and so to just throw it off and be like well you know we just need the gospel well yeah but that's why he <laughs> he called us to go therefore and make disciples you know if he if he was going to save the world he and, and without without us without allowing us to be a part of that process then we wouldn't have the word of god the way that it is like he would have adam and eve would have sinned in the garden he'd been like mm, erase start over and that would have been it but that's not what god intended that's not the story that he's writing and so to dismiss our role in partnering with god in the midst of our our culture and what's going on in our nation is to uh excuse one's responsibility to his or her own brother or sister it's to say i'm not my brother or sister's keeper and that is not the heart of god um at least in my opinion so um yeah i've been processing a lot man i've been i've been processing a lot i i feel like i've been stretched in so many directions i feel like this is a season uh for me that god just keeps saying yes 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 and yes and and it's not yes into like prosperity or yes into like oh yeah this is this is for you but it's more like yes what you're thinking right now i actually want you to do and a lot of the things that God is asking me to do are things that I've always desired to do, but didn't expect that I would have to do them like around the same time because they are requiring so much of me. They're requiring so much dependence uh, on the Lord, um, which is a good thing. But the level in which I'm having to do that is so much different from previous seasons of my life. And so I'm being extremely challenged right now. I really, really am, um, um, you know, for from, from things that are not affecting me, uh, things that are affecting me externally to um, what's going on in my my sphere of influence to um, my mind, my own, my, ho my home, and then within my mind and my own spirit. Like there's so much happening. Um, and I know y'all know, I know that there have been seasons in your life where, where God or where you have felt, for, you know, for my um, unbelieving listeners, like you felt like, man, I just feel like this is a season where I'm just supposed to be sitting and doing nothing. Um, or if you're a believer, you just heard the Lord clearly like, uh, no, you need to sit down. <laughs> Don't do anything. You just need to buy. Just sit right there in that room and do nothing. I've I've had those moments from the Lord so many times. Some of them were because I was in sin. Other times he was trying to protect me and he was just like, no, this is not the place for you. Um, he's always done it in love. I've never felt dismissed by God. You know what I'm saying? I felt like I was been being put on hold for just a little bit while he either nursed wounds that that were that were <laughs> becoming infected in me 
um, or he was protecting me or, you know, I needed a slight time out. Frankly speaking, you know what I'm saying? He's a father and he, he, he responds to us like any father would with love being the heart behind why he disciplines us. He says he chastises those whom he loves. So yeah, some seasons of mine have been sit down seasons because of sin. They've been because he's trying to save me from something. They've been because he's trying to heal me um, from, from, from wounds and, and whatnot. But in this season, I just feel the father saying, go on. It's like when you go to the beach and you're looking at the water and you're turning back and looking at your parents like, is it okay for me to go on, you know, to go in there? And they're like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Like, I feel like the Lord is doing that to me right now. And I'm so blessed by that. But because of, of, of the size of the ocean, even though I'm about to put my feet into it, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I fully believe like what God is asking me to do is not like some grand thing. Like he's, he, I'm not special or anything like that, you know, but um, because he's he's calling so many of his children. He's calling so many of you sisters to step into something new in this season and to trust him with it. And so for me, you know, while I'm looking at this massive ocean and I'm like, oh my gosh, my feet are definitely going to fail me if I don't have support. Of course, I'm turning back and looking at my father like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, let's go. But I surely am right now in this season, extending my hand to say, uh-uh, Papa, you're going to have to come with me. And he's willing to do that. You know, he's willing to do that. And so, yeah, I know. I, I mean, now that I, I mean, I've said all that, I'm kind of like, yeah, it was kind of an, that was kind of encoded. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, oh, yeah, I'm being absolutely clear. And I'm like, I didn't actually say specifically what he's calling me into. Some things are things I cannot disclose at this time. But there are other things like Tether Talk and Tether Mission that, that God is, is um is bringing more clarity to and um you know as i i think i've shared in a previous podcast um that there's some things coming between now and and fall of this year and i really would love y'all to be a part of that as my sisters as my um my friends and those who are going to be a part of this community you're welcome and i love you and i appreciate y'all for your support for real um so i didn't i I have a few things that i wanted to talk about because like I, i mentioned before um next week um, hopefully by the end of the next week, the week of the seventh, I do plan to start talking a, a little bit about um, women's issues and what what directly affects us right now in this season. What I feel like the Lord is saying to me for women in this generation. Um, but until then, you know, I am still discussing what is <laughs> going on in our world right now, and um, actually wanted to share with y'all a little something um, because I feel like. There are a couple of things that God is, is is doing right now, one of which is he is proving that he is God and God alone. We know that, but like he's really like, <laughs> apart from me, you can do nothing. He's really like, um, I am. He's just hardcore like that. Just I am. And I feel like he's showing that um, that part of who he is right now in this season and, and specifically in how he speaks to his children because he speaks to us in various ways and there are a lot i mean there's so many different ways and people who believe in jesus those who profess christ there's so many different beliefs about how god speaks and uh frankly i don't believe that we can tell yahweh how he's to rebuke encourage heal deliver save set free like we, we can't we don't have the authority to tell the creator of the universe the first and the last the beginning and the end the like like 
the one who is time, the one who is creation. You know, like we we, we cannot, we don't have, <laughs> we have no authority to tell him how he's supposed to move. If we read the scriptures, there's so many different examples of God speaking and it's not always audibly. Um, he speaks through our circumstances, through our experiences, um, through, through the ups and the downs, um, through through like very grievous seasons to the moments where you just feel like you're on top of the world. Like God speaks in so many different ways. Um, but spiritually speaking or, um, you know, in that vein, I believe that one of the ways that God speaks is through dreams. And um, I've been given dreams since I was four as a child. Um, uh, you know, I came to Christ at four and I started dreaming rather young. And so, and, you know, it was hard because I mean, obviously I didn't know much about what was going on until like my early teenage years where I started um, talking with people who had similar experiences and being able to say, hey, can you like help me learn to interpret this? I started praying and asking God for, for the gift of interpreting dreams and figuring out what he's trying to say to me or through me. Uh, so I wanted to share um, something with you. I don't know if I'm going to actually read the entire dream. Um, I might do that or I might just reference that I had a dream and then tell you what I feel like the Lord is saying in this in this season. Um, but I just want to say like, I do not liken myself to be a prophet, a prophetess in any way. Like I do believe I operate in certain giftings and um, I'm not going to uh, explain those i'm not going to um you know what i mean by explain i mean i i think it's important to explain what spiritual gifts are maybe we can do that here on tether talk but i'm not going to like defend what i believe i guess right now this is like basically this is just not the time so i'm not going to do that i'm just going to say hey this is what happened <laughs> and um i just pray that the lord will wash my words with his blood and his spirit will ultimately sift what I'm saying for your conviction and for your edification. And, you know, just for you to remember that I I know that I'm broken. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm saved uh, by grace through faith. And, you know, I also know that I'm his daughter. And I also know that I'm obeying him as best as I can. So I think it was August um, of 2019, like the latter part of August, I actually had this dream. And um, I shared this dream with my pastors in an email and all of them happened to be white pastors and I, I love them. Um, but in this dream, like I was in a big house with a lot of rooms and doors that had no frames. And by the sound of it, each of the rooms had something going on and it was completely full with people. I, however, was not able to see them. And within a few minutes of like walking into this house, I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to walk into one particular room. And when I did, I saw a bench or like a pew and a curtain and behind the curtain I heard so many many voices but couldn't understand what was being said. So I sat on the bench with my back to the curtain and immediately it was like sandwiched by two men. To my right was a white man and to my left was a black man and then all of a sudden um, it took within like five to ten minutes of them standing next to me or sitting next to me i'm sorry the voices around grew loudly grew more loud and intense um but these guys were saying nothing to each other um but after a few minutes the man to my right the white man stood up 
and bowed on one knee to the man on my left, who was a black man and began weeping. And the man to my left, the black man, like helped him up to his feet while also weeping. And they, all I heard was repenting and forgiveness, repenting and forgiveness. And after this happened, all of the walls in this large house that had no doors fell. And when this happened, it revealed what was happening in each of the rooms. So there were men of every ethnicity, like every ethnicity, every class, every uh, age, every type of strength, whatever you want. Like there were just so many different types of men. Um, and each room represented various scenarios that that we go through in life, like that we have in life. We had family. There was like a family dynamic, an office dynamic, uh, a court dynamic, a prison dynamic, a sporting event dynamic, school, all that stuff. There were so many various scenarios that were represented in these rooms. The men who were at a moment yelling and arguing and fighting one another after this happened with these two men all those men began weeping and wailing and repenting and forgiving and crying out to the lord i was still sitting on the bench <laughs> while all of this was re being revealed um, and then i stood up and when i did the scene shifted to a massive pool house where there were men women and children who were being baptized in the name of jesus and all of a sudden i realized that i was in the pool on one side baptizing a woman and within the pool, um, I also saw my leadership at the time and leaders from my, my, my past also baptizing others. And the, the surrounding the pool were the masses of people in worship and praise before the Lord. And I, I woke up after that and Acts 10 came to my mind. And then I simply heard the Holy Spirit whisper to me, what I have called clean, let no man call common. This is my call. So... It was really interesting and i believe that the interpretation was the fact that yes revival is coming and the father continues to affirm and release his daughters because at the time that this was written there was a lot that god was speaking about his daughters and how he wanted to give them a voice and to bring them out to uh, to um affirm them to elevate them and to release them um but at the same time he was also assigning his sons a crucial role in reconciliation which in my opinion as we're seeing right now i think it's necessary that that reconciliation includes reparation includes um retribution and includes reform but as it is the reality is that men generally speaking have been the decision makers and influencers in every sphere of life it's just been like that um i don't feel like that was god's original intent because the garden does not point to that you know it was after the fall that this hierarchical hierarchical system was created but here we are right now and most of the decision makers and influencers that have power and authority and are pushing things forward and pushing things through are men and so i believe this dream was speaking to the significance of men um and their willingness to obey and to yield to the Lord in mutual submission to one another. So my prayer at that time was that revival would come and it remains my prayer, but I also believe that the exposition will only come by being obedient to the Lord. So God brought this dream to my recollection, you know, around June 1st, a few days ago, actually, and I'd completely forgotten about it. I was just grateful that I had an email 
at least that I could refer to. And it was almost a year ago. And I just found it completely ironic that in the dream, there was one version of bowing or like this this um, picture of, of this kneeling situation. Um, and then in, in reality right now, it's ironic that we're, we're, we're mourning another form of kneeling. Instead of bowing knees in repentance, we've actually seen butchering knees in racism. And so I feel like that's why the Lord brought this back to me because at the time it it was it was true but the but the um and I believe that I believe that God was calling for for that type of humility to begin at that time but I also believe that this was more than just my local church I felt like it was a word from the Lord for the body of Christ um and so my question to the church, honestly, and I know I'm talking to my sisters right now, and I know you're probably like, oh my gosh, she's, you know, just read this whole, I mean, you know, recounted this whole dream, and it's all about men, 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 men. No, I believe that we are significant in this season, specifically because of what I said at the, be- at the beginning, that God chooses whom he speaks through. And I do not believe that we as women are to be silent. I feel like because, um, you know, generally speaking or more often than not men are in these rooms and they're making all these decisions and they're talking amongst themselves you know it's very difficult for women to say hey i actually believe god is saying something right now you know without having to wait to be approved and trusted and tested which i think is healthy but i you know there's it's overwhelmingly um not happening that way in my opinion sincerely i feel like there is still um oppression of women i just believe it and so which hence why i'm doing what i'm doing why i feel like the lord has called me to to ensure that i i I allow myself to be used of him to be a general to champion women into their divine calling that god has for them but i do believe that there's significance in the lord addressing those who are in positions of authority and are making are are the influencers and are the decision makers so in my opinion i believe step one for revival for the church for us to see some of these things actually changing and us moving forward step one as unto the lord is for white men to humbly bow their knees before black, brown, and historically oppressed men. I believe that they're supposed to die. They must die to their privilege. And I believe that they must love Christ enough to lift up their brothers. It just has to happen. There's no way. Just imagine it. Like Christ, <laughs> the son of God, he is He is God. He is part of the of the Trinity, the triune Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, came in the form of man, came in the form of a baby, allowed himself to be weaned by his mother, taught by his earthly father, and and grow up under submission to human beings knowing that he was God, 
submitted himself to that and we saw a world that was literally turned upside down by the time he ascended and is now sitting at the right hand of the father and i feel like christ expects all of his own those who say that we are his and we are part of his bride he expects us to do the same that's the same call he had for the apostles and the disciples to follow it's the same call for us anyone who says confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead is saved and also has been given this mandate to go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and live as a Christian. And part of living as a Christian is if you offend your brother, you repent for that thing. Or if you have been offended by your brother, you go and you share your ought with them, that or your sister. That is what you do. And I believe that that is what God is calling for the body of Christ to do. And right now, one of the major oughts within the body of Christ, within the world, we know to be true, it's to be true within the world. But unfortunately, the church has been complicit for so many years. So it is now our priority, our number one priority to make sure that we repent of the sin of racism within the church it has to happen and it has to come from those who have oppressed others it has to come from them what we're witnessing right now is it's not just news okay these are signs of the times and as we draw closer to the return of christ we must also heed of the lord through we heed the voice of god we have to heed the voice of god through whomever he chooses to speak through. We have to. We can't just be like, oh, just the people who've been talking about something for a long time or the people who may have had, who, who have however many years behind their name or how many letters behind their name, or how many years they have on their resume. We cannot afford that. We really, really, really can't. And so I, I realized that many of us are maybe a little uncomfortable with like spiritual gifts and prophecy and healing and anything that has to do with the spiritual realm, honestly, but we can't tell God how to speak. We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't tell him how to rebuke. We can't tell him how to move. We can't tell him how to heal. We can't tell him how to revive. We can't tell him how to restore. It is our mandate as Christians to learn who Christ is, to learn of him in full and then to yield to his divinity. We just have to make that choice in our generation. We do not have the luxury of telling God how he should be God. We don't have the luxury of doing that. And I feel, I feel like it's frankly interesting to me because when we read the Bible, we're reading the word of God. We're literally in there like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is so cool. We're seeing people who did some of the most amazing things that no one expected to be done or actually doing the opposite of what people expected. And they were still following the Lord. And we see the fruit of their obedience. And some things were made clear immediately. Other things took time. Some people never saw the change in their lifetime. But I believe that's why the Bible calls us to walk in step with the spirit. So we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh or, or, you know, we don't fulfill the things of the flesh, like walk in step with the spirit. Doing so gives you freedom from man's expectation for one, but it also frees you from feeling like you have to explain yourself. We don't have to explain ourselves. Excuse me. We don't have to explain ourselves. If we are following Christ, we just follow the Lord. That's what we need to do. 
And, and of course, it's going to line up with the word of God. We have to ensure that it lines up with the word of God. And there's some times in your life where you do have to make sure you do have to, you know, receive some sort of like um, confirmation from other people. But God will tell you when that's necessary. He will. And and I, I really in my sharing this, like I again, I don't liken myself to be a prophet or a prophetess like or to even compare myself to, to, to any of those who are proven in scripture but what i do know is that much of what the lord has actually revealed to me or spoken to me that aligns with the word of god and has been confirmed by other believers has actually proven to come to pass and so my exhortation to the bride of christ is that revival is a reward if we choose to believe and obey if we don't believe and obey it's not going to come it's going to be delayed indefinitely it's going to be delayed now i do know that it will come but i would like for it to be expedited just a little bit if all of us were actually doing what we're calling to do and frankly speaking i feel like if majority believers choose to ignore what the spirit is saying to the church through minorities and through women messengers because all christians are called to declare truth not just those who have seminary degrees but if they're not willing to listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying through to the church, through minorities and through women, that we will actually see a divine silencing of the majority until God has spoken what God has spoken through uh, minorities and through women concerning race relations and concerning women's issues in the church and the world come to pass. I'm not trying to say that that's when I heard that, I'm like, and I wrote that down. I was like, man, I don't want to say that. I really don't want to say that because I, I mean, I can't prove it. But I do know that scripture actually, uh, you know, speaks to something like this happening in the New Testament, you know, in the New Testament. And, and it comes from um, Luke chapter one, verses 18 through 25 and um, 57 through 80. And we see in, in that in that text that um, and an angel comes to Elizabeth and comes to Zachariah and tells tells them that like, yeah, you're about to have a baby. These are the parents of John the Baptist, John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And, you know, Elizabeth is like, OK, it is what it is. And Zachariah starts asking Gabriel questions like, how do I know this is going to come to pass? And Gabriel's like, yo, since you're going to ask me questions instead of just believing and knowing that it's going to happen, you're going to be mute until the child, until these days have come to pass and you have a child. And in that moment, Zachariah goes mute. And I'm not saying that I believe that God is going to go around and muting white people's mouths or white Christians mouths. But what I am saying is you can only silence parts of the body of Christ for so long. <laughs> you don't run this. You know what I'm saying? You don't run it. And you you just, you don't run it. You, you do not get to control what God wants to do. You didn't, I mean, you can, you can fight against it. You could buck up against it, but understand that that bucking up against that fighting against that ignoring that dismissing has a consequence. And if this continues, particularly in the case of race relations within the church and understanding that it's a gospel issue and it's something that needs to be rectified within the body of Christ so that we can be the example for the world in this regard. If that does not happen, absolutely, I fully believe that 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 it is going to be it, we are going to start seeing that God is going to be increasing the um, accuracy of what he's saying through um, historically oppressed people who are in the church 
as well as women. And that's not to say that white white Christians are not going to be able to hear from the Lord or they're not going to be able to understand truth or even have a Bible study or anything like that. But the accuracy of what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church in time and in the season will be given to those who've been oppressed. I believe that. I believe that. So my urge, I urge the white historically patronizing believers to partner with God as he speaks through the black, brown, and historically oppressed believers. I, they need to. Y'all, y'all need to. <laughs> y'all need to. You need to listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church in this regard and in this hour and just obey. You got to do it because everyone's obedience, every single person who is obedient to Christ is partnering with God, but is also doing it with love for God's plan and mission for the body of Christ. That's what we need to focus on. So rather than being like, man, I don't want to do this because I'm just not feeling it. Like, understand that you not doing it is affecting the whole. We are many parts, but one body. So when one part of the body isn't handling their business, it's going to affect every other part of the body. And we're literally going to be what we are right now, which is handicapped and divided. We are. Handicapped and divided. There's half of the church that has not has not fully been, um, in the case of women, has not fully been celebrated in a way that I believe God intends. It just hasn't happened. And then we also have parts in the body of Christ who have been dealing and carrying the weight of, of frustration and, and, and just anger because they keep being sinned against holistically and stem systemically and when they come into the church when we come into the church it's like oh just be about jesus first well okay but jesus was also he also took time to to know the lives of those who were with him to to know who he was calling to his himself he took the time to do that to address people individually to address the the the, the needs of his followers he did that we need to see that happening in the church right now this is no game this is no game and i'm sorry i'm going to do whatever i listen i'm not sorry i'm going to do whatever it takes for myself like for me to know that when it's all said and done i really did everything and i would love to see some of these things come to pass in my lifetime i know there's a reality there's a possibility that it may not be but i have faith that it can i have faith that it can and i'm hoping that you do as well and as my sisters like my my strongest exhortation to you like i said i know this dream had so much but my my strongest exhortation to you sis is to know that nobody can tell God how he can speak. Nobody. Not even you. You cannot tell God how he can speak. You do not tell God what he says. You cannot do that. So I, I, like, I really encourage you, like if you have been feeling something in your spirit and you know that God is speaking, you know that God is saying something, he's encouraging you to reconcile with somebody. He's encouraging you to step out in faith in a business. He's encouraging you to... Um, you know, to operate in your spiritual gifts, whatever it is that God has been saying to you, listen and obey. 
That's what we've been called to. <laughs> we need to do that. And for the global church, for the bride of Christ as a whole, I just say again, if we want revival, that is a beautiful reward and it can be swift, but it will only happen if we choose to believe what God is saying through his people and actually obey. We need to do that. Until that happens, we will continue being distracted. We will continue being self-preserving. We will continue making ourselves idols. We will continue doing that. But the moment we get a taste of an awakening for the bride of Christ, we are going to want that so much more. I am tired. I am sick and tired of moments in God. I'm sick and tired of them. I want full-blown miraculous movements in God. I want our generation to be a generation that that is looked on as the one that that took the greatest risk. The greatest risk to sacrifice their reputation, to sacrifice um their comforts, to sacrifice their uncertainty for the sake of unity. For the sake of God being magnified, for the sake and the good of their brothers and sisters. That is the church that I want to be a part of. That is the church I believe that God has intended for himself, has desires for himself. I believe that with my whole heart. I'm praying to the Lord for grace because I know I'm just like straight up broken vessel, broken vessel. And I'm not even saying that like, I know sometimes people are like, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Like I, I don't even mean it to say like in the, like a pious way or anything. Like it, there's no merit or warrant in that. What I do know is the closer I get to him, the more I realize how unworthy and undeserving I am. But I don't feel the weight of that because Jesus tells me, yes, even though you are, you are mine. Even though you are, you are mine. And then it just makes me want to love him more. It does. So I'm not going to go through all that right now. But what I will say again is that God speaks to and through whomever he desires. And he does it in various ways. And we just need to do our part in sitting with him. Tuning ourselves to him. And waiting to see what he what he says. Waiting to hear what he says. That's all we need to do. And then when he tells us, we got to believe him. And we got to obey. What's God been saying to you? What's God been saying through you? Even if no one believes it, if it lines up with scripture, and if you run it by a couple people and it's got some weight on it, you don't need to hold on to anything. You don't need to wait for anything. You need to believe and you need to obey because there is so much at stake at the end of your obedience. So much. But God is with you and he's for you and he desires not just that you have life, but you live it to the full and you live it in abundance. 
That's the heart of God for you, and that's the heart of God for me. I wish that for you with all of my heart. Until next time. <laughs>